it's going to be a wild ride. So buckle yourselves in. Hello and welcome to Stromash, the Scottish NFL podcast. Yes, the technical issues are over. I'm back. Parsons not here, though, because the Packers lost. We'll see him again next year. Joining me for this week, we've got Paul Mitchell, Ian Stephen, Gordon McGuinness. Good evening, gentlemen. An eventful week seven. The the form book went out the window for the second week in a row. Uh, and there's all kinds of shenanigans going on all over the place. So plenty to pick apart. And Paul, let's start with you. Because uh, it's been a while since you've had to watch the defeat. I logged into my zone account, which... I think that, you know, I hope no one's listening, but we do sometimes both log in from our devices. Uh, and at the point that I logged in, the full-time score came up and there was a uh, crescendo of booing. Not the best way to start the weekend. It's actually a better weekend because I actually got it out of the way. Um, <laughs> I mean, simple, simple, simple things. The tight end catches the third down pass and the end zone is tied and it likely goes to overtime. He fails to do so. I mean, it was a horrendous drop and the fourth down's awful. You can't pass to somebody's outside shoulder when they're right on the very edge. Uh, so that was really poor. Um, Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael are getting it tight in New Orleans. Uh, I've said it before, Cameron, I'll say it again. They don't win the division. He's gone. And at the moment, it doesn't look like they're going to win the division. At the moment, they'll be grateful for the Panthers. Let's be perfectly honest. Fine. Do you know what? Maybe that's slightly dramatic because three and four... No, it's it's not. No, it's not. You would rather be the Panthers and the Saints right now because at least you've got hope that your quarterback might develop and, you know, the potential of if your quarterback doesn't develop next, not this upcoming draft, the following draft, you're probably picking quite high. The Saints right now are... The Saints are in the same position they've been for a good number of years, which is not in great cap position and having a quarterback who is not good enough to take you deep in the playoffs. And actually he's probably worse than my pessimistic expectation of him was heading into the season. <laughs> uh, is he good enough though to end up in a weird nine, eight season or an eight, nine and even end up in a not very great draft pick either? Uh, probably. Yeah. The, the saints look like a seven to eight win team. Would you be yeah, surprised I mean, to that, Paul? I wouldn't be surprised. The only surprise there'll be if the head coach is still in the job by the end of it. It's all or nothing. He has to win the division or he's gone. And at the moment, it looks like he's gone. At the moment, I don't think you'd find too many New Orleans Saints fans that would be unhappy with that. They've got three winnable games coming up. Um, so it could all turn around. You just you just don't know. And then, you know, but things get worse. Chris Olave's been done for driving above the speed limit in New Orleans, but at least we've got something that goes fast in New Orleans, if nothing else. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's just, it's it's been horrible. It, it's not been good football. It's not been good to watch. It's not been fun to watch. You know, it's not like it's been shootouts and you lose and, and stuff like that. It's just, just not been very good football. As I say, we're all dropping the ball in the end zone. The game would have been tied. You go to overtime because I don't think they would have gone for a two-point conversion to win it. Um, and it's just pretty horrible stuff. Do you think that Gail Benson will be quick to pull the trigger? Um, given that 
obviously he's no Sean Payton, of course, but Payton was given numerous years somewhere he didn't perform great. Obviously, they stood by him with the whole scandal and what have you. There's maybe a bit of a reputation there that in New Orleans they stand by their head coach. Do you think it is definitely a don't win the division and you're gone? Or have you got any concerns that he does an okay-ish season and stays? No, because they could have dumped him at the end of last season and decided to give him one more year. And that's all he's getting. I, ju- I just do not see it turning around. If he holds on, Pete Carmichael doesn't hold on as the offensive coordinator. It just It just cannot happen. They need change and they need it quickly and it ain't going to come quickly. The Jags, though, they're um, definitely improving. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence wasn't even, wasn't sure he, we were going to play in this game. Sorry. We weren't sure that he wasn't. He, he ended up coming out. He had a great performance. Led his team down the field, did what he needed to do. Absolutely zero turnover where he plays against what is still a decent Saints defense. And he wasn't particularly fit, was he? No, you can see the progression from him, like from the second half of last year. He's continued on that level. Like that was always the big concern was were you going to get that same level of play that you got in the second half of last year, this year? And it looks very much like he is. Like if you went into this season knowing that Calvin Ridley probably wasn't going to be as effective as a lot of people thought he would be. And Trevor Lawrence would still play pretty well. I think you'd be pretty happy if you were a Jaguars fan. Yep, indeed. Um, okay, let's get into the weekend then. Plenty to talk about there. Right, let's get out of the way. Gordon, the Detroit Lions, they were who we thought they were. Come on, bring it out. Could you get it out of the way? Oh, let's talk about Baltimore, Baltimore being good. That, that isn't why people are tuning in, Cameron. They don't care about the Baltimore Ravens against the Detroit Lions. They're here for Monday, Monday night football chat. That's Fine, if we, want to, if we want to double let's end do, it. Let's, let's, do let's, mon- let's do Monday night football first. Let's do but, Monday night football first. Monday night football, a game thrown away by Brock Purdy. Uh, yep. A game where Jordan Addison ripped the ball away to score a 60-yard touchdown. And all of a sudden, the 49ers go against a resurgent Bengals team to yep. avoid their third loss in a row. Yeah, absolutely. And I tell you what, that uh, bye week might come at the absolute perfect time. The, the lack, weirdly lackluster, like the it's like the confidence is shot. Christian McCaffrey aside, who even by his own standards didn't do particularly well. The Vikings defense hasn't been tremendous this year, but even McCaffrey couldn't get going. The, the Trent Williams is a massive loss. And I think him not being there just shows how significant he is on that line. And I think I'll give Pavardi the benefit of the doubt. I think he was spooked. The a couple of terrible throws at other times looked fine. You know, there was points where we went down the field. What, see, Jake Moody missed that, another field goal throw. That's that's a fallacy, Cameron, because Purdy's been lucky. He's had the third highest amount of turnover potential plays, and he's been lucky in that the opposition hasn't capitalized on it in this game. They have, I think, his his deficiencies are being masked slightly by the way the offense is set up and just the opposition not um, capitalizing. And it could just be that the game against the Vikings is a true reflection of what is effectively a, a player who wasn't rated during the draft process and w- was picked up, and he, he had a a good purple patch, and it. Much like his dad's system was 
a a boon for running backs and it made average running backs into 1500 yard rushers Kel Shanahan's might well be the same for quarterbacks in that he got a, a tune out of Jimmy Garoppolo and he's getting a tune out of Brock Purdy because of the system rather than the talents of the signal caller Got to tune out of Matt Ryan to an extent as well. Matt Ryan was always decent, but he played his best stuff under Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Uh, and I think you look at the the drop off when he went to the Colts, where it was like, "Good lord, <laughs> he's rotten." Um, yeah, the very fair points, and I think that the party situation is that he's he's played well without being brilliant. And you're right, there's been risky plays that he's got away with. There comes a time where the coin isn't going to come up heads every single time. And that's okay. It's okay that he's going to throw the ball away a couple of times. He's he's cheap here. This is a cheap option where we've now been able to invest in other parts of the field. Nick Bosa's got a big old contract, and that's great. You know, if we can get a seven out of ten out of Purdy, that might be enough with the talent around to actually get you pretty far, if not all the way. But I think that that's the stumbling block. The weakness for me still is th- there's a few. Um, and I think compared to some of the other teams that are really on the ascendancy now, let's we'll talk about the Eagles in a bit and the transaction that they made that further strengthens them. There, there are weaknesses on that Niners team, and if they can be exposed by the opposition, then we can be beat. Uh, and I think that that's the Vikings played a really good game. Prime time, Kirk Cousins is prime time Kirk Cousins. If he could do that. One o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, he'd be sensational. Every but, every, every team's got weaknesses. But you could argue the 49ers have got one of the least amount of weaknesses in the NFL when it comes to starting roster. But when you lose your left tackle, it, debil- it severely debilitates any team, does- doesn't matter who. Yeah. And people have always, always talked down Kirk Cousins. And the reality is Kirk Cousins is an incredibly talented NFL quarterback and he will tear teams apart. I think the shock was the fact he did it without Justin Jefferson um, but the Vikings played a very, very good game of football. We'll come up to nominations uh, later on for Team of the Week and there's a very, very strong chance the Vikings are going to win offensive line because um, the, the uh, 49ers didn't lay a hand on them and they've got Javon Hargrave, they've got Bosa, um, a very talented uh, offensive line, uh, defensive line. Sorry, I, am I right to say there was only one sack in the whole game? I think. Mm-hmm. Which Den- is Daniel, unreal. Daniel Hunter, who leads yeah. the NFL. Um, but yeah, I, anyway. I tell you what, though, the Vikings, who were written off, all of a sudden they're what three and four now. Yep. They play the Packers, they play Atlanta, they play the Saints, they play the Broncos, they play the Bears, they play the Raiders the next six games. Then they close out then they close out Bengals, Lions, Vikings, Lions. So they can't play themselves. Sorry. Bengals, (laughs) Bengals, Lions, Packers, Lions. Uh but they're a team that all of a sudden are right back in the hunt. I, I they're probably too far out of the divisional race. Um, I think, but they're absolutely right back in the hunt for probably a six or seven seed. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think that the fact that Cousins is able to do it without Justin Jefferson uh, is a lot. Again, look at the number of players receiving. This is another issue I feel with the Niners is the the starting um, players are all really good, but there's not a lot of depth beyond that. Um, 
I still think the secondary is the biggest problem. That secondary for me just just isn't can't rely on it to to change a game. You're relying on your front seven all the time, who can be massively disruptive. But if an offensive line can nullify that, our secondary can be picked on. Uh, and Cousins is more than capable of doing it. So uh, th- there's problems there. I'm not hitting the panic button just yet. Play the Bengals. Let's see what comes. That's a home game. We've had two tough road games. Um, we've had, you know, uh, that Moody kick goes through. We, we've we've lost one game. And it's a different kettle of fish altogether. Moody missed another kick. How much does that come into play? He'll be under pressure already. We need to get confidence. Build on it. If that confidence comes back, maybe they'll be fine. Maybe they won't. So time will tell. I, I just really worry about you said it, the secondary is the issue. Going up against Joe Burrows seems to be Joe Burrow seems to be back to where he should be. Jamar Chase is looking good. Yeah. T. Higgins, I'm guessing, will probably play in this game because he was out for a bit with a fractured rib. I can't remember if he played in their last game or not. Like, and the Bengals are coming off a bye week. This is a pretty horrible position for the 49ers to be in. And I do worry that you lose three in a row and all of a sudden sky has fallen. Yep, and the bye week is then where that comes into play. Perfect timing if that happens. It actually might be not. Um, I think Paul's signing up for some mailing lists. Um, no, problem... what I was doing, I, I was I was trying to find, I know we don't do a ball bag nomination anymore, Cameron, but I was trying to find uh, the text that my friend sent me who's a Vikings fan, and I looked at it first thing this morning. I was going to watch the game. Um, at lunchtime, and he basically went very surprised by last night's score. Great win for us. <laughs> I thought, okay, that that solved the problem. Well, I'm going to watch at lunchtime then because it ain't going to be the Vikings at Forty Nines. I also had someone spoil it by noising me up this morning, so I just watched the highlights rather than the forty. So I've only seen flashes. Not interested. Um, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, right. We'll move on because there's lots to talk about. Lots went on, and let's come around to your Bengals. The Detroit Lions, they'd started to win you rounds. Have they completely first, lost first you? Of, or was this a first blip? Of all, first of all, uh, go back and listen to this when you referred to the team as my Bengals, because you can get fucked with that. Well, well, Cameron might be on to something here, Gordon. I mean, maybe you're good. Maybe if the Ravens don't, don't, don't progress and the Bengals go deep into the postseason, maybe you're just going to try and slip, it, slip into that pair of pyjamas and hope that nobody noticed. Absolutely not. Anyway, on the on the lion stuff, I'm not going to be a smug prick because it would be. Oh, unbecoming. go on. No, do you go know what? On. Everybody you know, else would. I'm not going to though because I think it's shit analysis. So, one, what happened in that game is exactly what would have happened in the Ravens Steelers game if the players didn't drop passes. Yeah, it's the type of game where you get hot early and the other team are too far behind to actually do anything. The Lions are not a bad team, but you just get behind by too much early on and it's way too much to overcome. The Ravens were re- really, really good them. in that game. Swamped them. What, such and weird... Both sides of the ball. Just swamped them. That so, was the, like, I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> such a weird game though, because so like the Ravens compare it with the Steelers game where Lamar was really good and everything else around him was terrible. In this game, Lamar was really good, but even the things that weren't going great for them still led to like an 80-yard catch and run by Gus Edwards on basically a broken play whereby someone just followed a linebacker followed Lamar he dumps the ball over the top to Gus Edwards and there's no one there for 80 yards it's like 80 yards on Lamar Jackson's stat sheet for not really doing much at all um, but when the Ravens play like that 
and this is why the the Steelers' loss and the the Colts' loss was frustrating. When they play like that, I genuinely think they can beat anyone in the NFL. Yeah, and I think that this is the the Ravens for me are like, and the Niners are in a very similar conversation in the sense that this is a team very capable of absolutely giving someone a doing, but also capable of just an absolute clusterfuck of mistakes and, and Bob Agri yeah, and, and losing a, a game that you should have won. I saw someone describe the Ravens in a tweet. I don't know who it was. Some some writer somewhere described the Ravens this week as the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC, but they themselves just don't know it yet. And that's probably a pretty accurate statement. I think it probably is. I think that was Molly um, May Haig, Haig that wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> um, surprising results now. Was it surprising for the Falcons without Bijan Robinson to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? No, because I don't think any result in the NFC South should be surprising. Like, even if the Panthers beat someone in the NFC South, I'm not going to be that surprised. I think the Falcons... What's surprising is the fact the Falcons didn't report his illness properly. The NFL are now taking a, a, a look into what it was that was wrong for him and why didn't you report it accurately. But it's the, the NFL's own stuff which actually probably is going to mean that nothing happens to Atlanta because they removed the probable designation. So all of it, all the um, talk out of Atlanta or that seems to be coming out from the media now is, well, they just, they expected him to play. So yeah, he was, he was never just, questionable in their eyes. And then just, he did play. The yeah. He did play, he played a snap. And I wonder if he did that just to, <laughs> to, keep, to keep it at bay. Um, I he may have played more than a snap, but he definitely think, got at least played, one possession. I think he played about 11, but I think he got like Fine. one touch or whatever, or something yeah. like that. Yes. The, um, the, the catch in that game by the tight end for the Falcons was oh, absolutely un- unreal. ridiculous. That was, should be, should be made illegal that it was that good. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Pitts kind of reaching behind him with one hand to kind of grab it. A bit like uh, your performance in that adult film, Cameron. Um, but it was a uh, it was a joy to behold. Well, that's different from the reach arounds that you're currently subscribing to for email. <laughs> right, keep this on track, people. Um, let's talk about the actual big shock then: the New England Patriots beating the Buffalo Bills, twenty nine twenty five. I thought it was tremendous, camera. That was a throwback game for the Bills. Uh, not like the Giants who wore throwback uniforms. The Bills just put in a throwback performance of playing the Patriots about a decade ago. It just looked weird. Um, and I think you've got to credit the Patriots. Everybody expected the Bills. I think it was 85, 90% Bills on the pick Um And the Patriots, yeah, it's the old any given Sunday thing. I think the Bills looked like they expected to go in there and win. Um, and didn't know what to do when they found themselves in a bit of adversity. I bet you Bill Belichick did not expect to get his 300th NFL win against Buffalo this season. Like, I think even he was surprised. Watching the game, obviously, it started really well for the uh, Patriots. Then the Bills kind of got into it, and you thought, all right, fine, they're going to bring this back now. But it just didn't happen. Like, it just... It's... (laughs) 
I don't know if I want to say this is prime Belichick. I don't know if this is down to his great coaching or whether this was just the Bills being in the same category as the Ravens and the Niners as a team stacked, highly capable of giving someone a doing, but also very capable of just not showing up and having a honking performance. The Bills have been quite weird all year. And it's just something doesn't feel right about them just now. Um. I, they're capable of really big plays. Josh Allen's capable of playing really well. But there was even a thing today whereby someone suggested that like Sean McDermott has impact in the, kind of the offensive philosophy or the offensive decision-making. Um, and I, I, I didn't really see anything by it that seemed that surprising because he's a head coach. I think he's always going to have. But people seem to be inferring that Ken Dorsey's reaction and his body language made it a bit like there's a, a bit of a strange strained relationship or something going on there, which I thought was very interesting. Um, other ones, and we'll get rid of the belt of nominations. Um, we were a little bit late with it this week, so there's there's a few, not as many. I'm also due an apology because of the issues we had last week. We're going to give away three bottles of whiskey this week. Stick around for that. Uh, uh, let's, let, let, let's just point out it wasn't technical dif- difficulties last week uh, with you Cameron you were having problems with your marriage I was having problems with <laughs> the technical problems <laughs> no technical um, Giants commanders were we surprised at the Giants knocking off the commanders the fact that this no, first time they played well Tyro just... Taylor you can't be surprised at anything that the commanders are involved in. They are just up and down. And I think it's exactly the same for the Giants. I don't think anything particularly surprises you about them. I was surprised it was so low scoring, um, but it wasn't a particularly great game. And again, you could argue uh, Washington had a chance to tie it up at the end and force it a little bit further and just couldn't do so. Other games that took place then, the Steelers beat the Rams... Maybe surprising that Cooper Cup was as quiet. It didn't Akua quite get a, going. Akua is a good, good football player, though. Yes, that, that's becoming quite apparent. the 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 thing I that I thought was interesting from the end of that game was, so the Rams were out of timeouts, and the Steelers potentially didn't get a first down, and the Rams would have got the ball back. But the Rams were out of timeouts. The officials changed their mind and said it was a first down or measured it, sorry. Yeah. And when they measured it, it was just barely a first down. The Rams then couldn't challenge. I I do sometimes think like they can have New York look at stuff really quickly and effectively uh like pick up a flag or upgrade something to an ejection. Probably just have the NFL look at all the stuff and just decide if you think something's egregious and needs changed. I think yes. they do that anyway, Gordon. I, 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 there's times where you see the officials kind of pausing because somebody's speaking to them, and it's not another official. It's you can tell it's somebody from a. It's, it's either they have a direct line to God, or I mean, it is America. Is you know, whenever God sees somebody where we kind of earpiece microphone, he thinks it's an evangelist, and he jumps right in, um, or it's the the NFL hierarchy talking to them and uh, uh, it's difficult to convince me otherwise that the New York does not have a kind of whispering in the ear of some of the officials 
what I'd like to point out, camera at the moment, because Ian is wearing a headset and microphone, obviously that wasn't Ian speaking. We heard the voice of God through Ian. So that was the voice <laughs> of God's thoughts on New York against Washington coming so through Ian. Did God think, give himself if, up to yeah, if, throw if, us off the... If, if God is going to choose any vessel with which to engage <laughs> with the human population, he's clearly not going to uh, choose somebody that kind of has got affiliations with the, the, the dark prince down below. I, I love the idea. I love the idea, though, that Paul is going to arrive at the pearly gates one day, and on one side, there's going to be all the good he's done in his life. There's going to be his thought for the day, all that stuff. And on the other side, St. Peter, is that who it is? Let's say it's St. Peter. He's going to point to the one time that Paul went on a podcast and referred to Ian Stephen as God. And he's not going to get in. He's going to get sent all the way down. There's only two people I think of as God in, in human flesh. One is Morgan Freeman and the other is Ian Stephen. That's, that's just the way it is. Um, we've gone off track. Um, a lot of, not like us. <laughs> a lot of rotten play, play column. A lot of rotten calls this week. Like they felt like... What, yes. what happened at the end of the Cleveland game? That's horrendous. Yeah, it really, like, that, the Colts, I, so the Dolphins have come out and feeling aggrieved about some of the calls against the Eagles, right? We'll come to that. The Colts are the most hard-done-to team this week by a country mile. They were game-changing play calls that should never have happened. They were basically given that game to... Cleveland. It's like shockingly and, bad. So if, if they have the capability think... to dial in, though, that's the case where if they're doing it, then they've screwed up because that was a shocking one that they let go. Yeah. And, but it's not... I always think, like, don't attribute to, to malice that to which is easiest um, to stupidity, which is exactly what... Rolls off the tongue that Rolls, rolls off the tongue. What, it's either <laughs> it's Oakham's or Hanlon's razor. I can't, can't remember which. I like them both, though. Um but it's just bad officiating. It's just yeah. It, it was yeah. it was pretty obvious that the Browns player ran into him. Shouldn't have been a penalty, and uh, and it's just and then the next play, ending. yeah, the <laughs> next uncatchable fucking oh, like uh, uh, okay. I'll take I'll take the other side of that. The other side of that is don't be a dickhead and pull the guy's arm and give no, them an excuse to do it. Like, not, it's the rule is if it's not catchable, it's not a pass I, interference. I, I know that, but don't don't be dumb and give them give them the chance to do it. It was, I mean, I I completely don't get me wrong. I agree, it was overthrown. It was never catchable, and that's how it should have been ruled. But he was pulling his arm in front of the official. These guys are going to flag that. Technically, he could pull his arm as much as he wants. He did nothing illegal. If the ball's uncatchable, you could slap the boy's thigh for all he want. Um, We're we're coming back to your predilections again. The the problem is don't just don't just don't do it. Don't give them the excuse to to call that. Uh, great finish to the game though. I mean, it really was three running plays. Eh, sorry, three passing plays, and then they finally decide to go for the run into the end zone uh, on the fourth down and get it. Um, I mean, it was exciting if nothing else. And Gordon Paul, loved the uniforms. Paul, do you think that the Browns are going to be tempted to stick with PG Walker since Watson He's won two in a row? <laughs> but, but Watson kind of had a very kind of tepid kind of flopped to the ground and he kind of went oh fallen i need to come off and he's and everyone just like what's going on and <laughs> cleveland are, are stuck because i don't think they i don't think i think they're souring on watson but financially they can't sour on watson because they're stuck with his contract no i, I don't think i mean pj walker you would want and it, it's a bit like 
coming back to the Saints, you want your quarterback at that point on the final you know, final downs of the game to be able to throw a touchdown pass. And he he had he just didn't look capable of doing so. I don't and they had to go for the run. Either, though, which is the problem. Uh, well, we, who would you take if you had to go 50-50 to Sean Watson or PJ Walker in that situation? Because of his history, you would go to Sean Watson. And I think that's... I, because, that's because, because, of history, because of his history, PJ Walker. Because of his off-the-field history, he wouldn't even be in my roster. But even based on recent history, Deshaun Watson's not playing quarterback for my team. Um, I also have to say that if you look at the games that PJ Walker has started or played a considerable number of uh, attempts, so games in which he's had more than 15 attempts, he's six and two. Like PJ Walker gets a lot of heat because he's a backup, but he's been all right. I don't, I don't know how much of those wins have been exactly down to him like he was five five touchdowns 14 interceptions barely a passer rating lucky if it's above 60 he, so he was played Tampa rate. Bay in 2022 he had 126.5 passer rating he had uh, 177 yards and two touchdowns fine nothing particularly sexy or exciting and then against Atlanta um the following week he lost but he had 317 yards Here's a question that won't hopefully won't get you into reading out tons of stats of wins and losses and sending our beloved uh, viewership into fits of tedium. Um, do the Browns have abject buyer's remorse with picking up Deshaun Watson? They have to. Yeah. But you, you can't... So you traded... A, three first round picks and gave him a guaranteed amount of money for a quarterback who, if you had an out at the end of this year, right now you'd be taking it. Yeah. They have to, they have to have buyer's remorse. Um, More so than the Giants or less so than the Giants? Less so, I guess. More so even, sorry, because the Giants won't lose out on as much and they didn't give up the picks, but uh, Daniel it's Jones, equally... Daniel, no, Daniel Jones's contract was um, like, they can get out of that in a couple of years. They're fine. Like that was a mid-level quarterback contract. You get out of it when you need. The, it's the same as the Geno Smith one. Mm. The Deshaun Watson one. Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson uh, trades. Russell Wilson trade is viewed far worse than Deshaun Watson one for God knows what reason. So Wilson's, Wilson's got like a ninety-nine passer rating this he's, season. He's been, so he's been all right, but yeah. but but people hold that up as the poster boy for bad quarterback trades recently. Well, it's just it's just Cameron that's holding that poster no, up. Let's be no, honest. No, <laughs> not not the guy, not the guy who was suspended has been awful since he came back, and now there seem to be questions on whether or not he actually wants to play. Yeah, I, I would say I think, Wilson. I think I think I've got the solution for the Browns. I think they need to hire a very pretty masseuse <laughs> and then natural course will take place and they have grounds to get rid. <laughs> oh dear God. Right. Um, we'll move on. That's entrapment. Right. Um, the Bears. Let's talk about the Bears because Badgen, what a story that is, right? Now find the Raiders... <laughs> They're also playing Brian B- Hoyer, B- who's about Bajan, four million years Bajan, old. By the way, add it to the add it to the real. I think is it Bajan. is it Bajan? Like as in like he's an agent with a B. Yes, that, I surely don't know it's Bajan. It's, it's not French, like Bajan. 
<laughs> Fine. Uh, listen, there's not many clips on that uh, Cameron fuck up for the whole season. So I'll add it. It's because you've missed half the episodes. It's true. Bajan. So Bajan did very, very well. And no, the... he didn't. You do this every I time. Thought every he time, played every time a backup, I every time a backup think... quarterback comes in and is not absolutely garbage, you go. He played very, very well. No, he didn't. He was, he was twenty-one he was for twenty-nine, one hundred and sixty-two yards and a touchdown for a player that played division football. How, no interceptions. How, how many he yards? How, how many? How many yards per attempt is that? I don't know how many yards per attempt. I'm not going to do my maths here. I can tell you you exactly and say 5.6 yards per attempt. He did a good job not screwing the game up. That's that's what he did. He wasn't very good. Stop going overboard with average quarterback play. I'm not going overboard. Can I say that you're... Can I say you're both right? Gordon, you're right with the statistics. No, because we're saying different things. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, jeez. If you go by the fact what he was asked to do by the coaches and the game plan that he was told to put in, he did very good because he did what they wanted him to do. Statistically, is he an amazing quarterback? No, he's not. Did he do what the coaching staff wanted? Yes, he did. So from that point of view, he was very good, but he's not what you would class as a, a very good quarterback. No, there's two and different I'd, things here. And I, I'd never said he was a very good quarterback. I said, didn't he do well in the context of what he is and who he's playing for? Um, I think he did well. Your daughter, you be you're, proud. Your daughter is going to be so patronized as she grows <laughs> up into adulthood. So many fucking participation awards. I think that's the one that deserves a bit of participation. So that's fine. I think good on him. Good on him. Right. Can, can we, well, I, I, I don't want to be self-indulgent here, but uh, can we talk about, about the Eagles and the Dolphins? Yes. Because I was fairly convinced that the Eagles were going to lose to the Dolphins. I thought they, they matched up pretty well. The Eagles' secondary was pretty banged up. But I think the Eagles may have set the template for how teams approach the Dolphins coming into the rest of the season. They held Tariq uh, Hill under 100 yards. They played a lot of cover two with deep safeties. Um, I think the Eagles cheated slightly because their run defense is that good. I think when you play cover two, you you acquiesce to the run slightly, but um, the Eagles were so dominant, it probably helped. But you're probably going to see a bit more of that um, going on through the rest of the season with how they approach the Dolphins. I agree. The AJ Brown was very, very good as well. There, he's finding his form again this season. He'd been very quiet at the start. Dallas Goddard rocking up national tight end day, so good to see him in the in the mix. I, right. I think the Eagles are tremendously. No, t- t- Time out. It was a question of what was going to get mentioned first, Taylor Swift or National Tight End Day. Can I tell you what? They were both equally tedious on Sunday. I from love all National the Tight End Day. I think tedious nonsense. I, uh, honestly, the 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 Taylor Swift stuff is like it's it's a bit annoying, right? That it's still happening. So much. You you rub your pants in glee every time she appears in the television. I I really, I really, really don't. uh, But that mental image has just horrified me. Um, (laughs) And everybody else, Gordon. Don't worry. But even more annoying, though, 
is the people that just cannot go one appearance without crying about the fact that she's in TV. Do you know what? Look away or pick up your pint and have a drink of it at the time. Pick up your tea. You don't oh, just no one no one wants to hear your gripes, even less than you want to hear about Taylor Swift. What did you think of her lipstick colour matching the Chiefs uniform? Did I you think that was I didn't good? I see it. I was watching on Red Zone, so I just saw the games that were happening. Because I like to watch football and I don't want to get involved in this stuff, so I easily choose to avoid it, unlike someone else. <laughs> I he's like would. he's like these people in the news, these people in the news who hate every little thing in life, but it's all they can talk about. I think I think the best way to deal with this situation is to encourage New Orleans superstar receiver Chris Olave to get involved in a passionate affair with former Prime Minister Liz Truss and just have the camera panning to her every time he does something good for the Saints and within about two games of like, never oh, see us. Yeah, no more no more celebs at NFL games every Is game. this a condition of Alavi's bail? Is that what this it, is it that be, you must yeah, have our relations with Liz Truss? Like, Liz Truss is a Cleveland Browns fan. So maybe Oh yeah so she is Deshaun Deshaun no, no let's not set her up with Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Jesus Christ Cameron <laughs> Oh dear. oh dear, oh dear. Uh, yeah, just listen, it's, yeah. The Eagles. Lazy te- it's lazy television. Just lazy television. That's what it is. Let's get back to the Eagles. The Eagles are it's 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 trending as an Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl. Yes. I think that's entirely fair. I like the way the Eagles uh decided to give the rest of the AFC a chance by going out and trading for uh, Pro Bowl uh, safety for peanuts and buttons. Yeah. That was just like typical Harry Roseman. Get, uh, like, getting unreal. rid of Terrell Edmonds for Kevin Byard is unfair. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I, I can't even figure it out. Is there... What's the salary cap situation there? Oh, so he he took a he they redid his deal at the start of the year, gave him most of it in a bonus to basically set up for this. The Titans have been kind of preparing for a fire sale at the trade right. deadline since preseason. Like they've been they've been waiting for this moment. Uh, and Bayard's also kind of hometown as well. He's kind of from the Philly area, so it's a kind of yeah. a kind of career dream. Could they kind of play for the Eagles? So the Eagles could probably pick him up a bit cheaper. I love. I love how like Nick Sirianni's response around stuff around the the brotherly shove slash tush push, whereby he's like, well, no one else can do it as well as we can. So it's not like a, a cheating in the NFL thing. I do think, though, they need to stop referring to the brotherly shove anytime anyone does it. Like it needs to be treated like champagne, whereby it's only champagne if it comes from the champagne region of France. Yes, everything. It, it's only the brotherly shove if it comes from the brotherly love area of Pennsylvania. Otherwise, it's the tush push. Yes. It's so, just, what, yes, so what we sense. want, what we want is for our esteemed listeners to send in for their team what they would call that play for their team. Could be what interesting to see I what, like that. yeah, what what they would what they what would you call the brotherly shovel, the tush push for your own team? Um, let us know. It'd be great. We'll, we'll read out a few next week. I'll add that to the form instead of the rant. In fact, there's an extra one. I'll add that to the form. So if you're putting forward an award, you can put that in as well. 
I think we're we're lucky. We're blessed in a time where we're we're actually living through an NFL fad. Like you had the Wildcat, and you had the Icky Shuffle, and you had the Fridge. Um, we're in the, the kind of brotherly shove, tush push. Um, it's going to be all the rage for the next two weeks, and then we're going to move on to something else. And we should we should feel blessed to be part of that zeitgeist. We should. We should. Well, let's move on from the Eagles going to the Super Bowl. Uh, and let's talk about the Green Bay Packers. Are they going um, to the Super Bowl? No, definitely not. Um, I actually think the Denver Broncos have more chance of making the Super Bowl than the Packers do right now. And the the Broncos playing the what we all agreed was the much stronger AFC a couple of weeks ago. So I think that that's definitely uh, impressive from them. I think you Jordan said... Love is pish, by the way, Emmy. Can we just can we honestly just acknowledge that? We've now had seven think, starts this season. He's not good. Gordon, I think I think we, we first we need to acknowledge. Nay, we need to pay homage to um our bitter and hated enemy, Cameron Tiny Hands Hobbs, because he has the guts. He has the fortitude to come onto this podcast after his team has been humiliated in national television. And as much as we detest him and we wish to wipe his family from the planet through conventional and non-conventional means, he at least comes out and talks to us and, and takes it on the chin, unlike Charles Pat Patterson, who disappears every time Green Bay are royally thumped. Fair weather podcaster. Fair weather podcaster. Um, and I don't want to be that guy. So yes, you yeah, do. I'll be here every week. <laughs> yes, you do. Can I just point out that when Green Bay beat the Saints, which was no great surprise, I told you then that Jordan Love wasn't very good. And I got shouted down somewhat. He's not very good. We know that. I still think you've got to give him the season to see how he develops. But at the moment, he doesn't look like a very good give him Give him the season because you're going to be in half-decent position to take a quarterback the way this is going. They the, just lost you, the Denver Broncos. You also got shouted down because that was one of the podcasts that Patterson turned up to and was obviously championing his guy. Um, we we yeah, should also I mean, point out, in fairness, we should point out we did say to Jamie, Jamie, are you going to come on to the podcast this week? And Jamie went to give me a thumbs up and his thumb fell off. So... <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, that, that new job at Subway has got at the weekends isn't working out for him very well. Hi. Um, the Packers doing that as well, coming out of a bye week. Are they, were they not? Yeah, they were. Like, extra pish. Like, t- to come out of a bye week, uh, having lost to the Raiders, it's just, yeah, it's 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 a bad state of affairs, eh? Bad state of affairs. Um well, time will tell. Maybe they'll turn it around. Maybe maybe Jordan Love will be sensational. We need to get an updated comparison as to how Aaron Rodgers was doing this stage of his first season. I have no idea. I've not bothered to look. I'll be perfectly how, honest. It was, it was his first season. Well, they both they both sat on the bench for a season or two before they played. And in his first season, Alan, Alan Rodgers was lights out from his, the, the moment he stepped on the field. Jordan Love has been more like turn the lights out when you leave. <laughs> how, a beautiful how, summary. How about the Chargers, by the way, on the the list of teams who are in a world of trouble just now? 
And so are they going to fire sale? This is the thing. Are they, are they thinking the same thing? Are they going to get to the trade deadline and go, guys, we need to just uh, reboot the whole thing because something's still not working? I don't think they will because they've invested at the quarterback so much talent. So yeah. they, they all feel, and they're only two and four, right? And they play the, they play the Bears on Sunday. Uh, sorry, the Bears this weekend. Then they play the Jets. Like they could easily get themselves back to four and four. And then you know you've got the second half. They, they can they can be in and around that playoff hunt, but they paid Justin Herbert a lot of money, and I I get that the situation around him hasn't been perfect, it hasn't been great. But the other thing is is that when the chips are down this season, he hasn't been that good. When the games were on the line and he's been needed to need to make some plays, he's not doing it, and they paid him a lot of money. Is he the problem? No, he's not. He's not the problem. However. When you pay a quarterback that amount of money, I need you to be better than what you're being. <laughs> I, I, well, no, I, I need you to be the reason why the problem doesn't actually matter that much. Okay. Yeah, fair, but I it, like the problems just seem so deep rooted, so deep rooted. The he needs an experienced head coach to go in there and write it. Like that's the thing that they need. This they need someone that they know. Who has who who an experienced head coach these days, though? So, like, uh, it's a fair point. Staley, Staley probably gets canned if they don't make the playoffs this year. Who who replaces him? It'll be like an offensive coordinator. It'll be like a, a Zach Robinson, uh, Bobby Sloick, or uh, Ben Johnson. It'll be one of those guys that, that go in there. Yeah, I'm, I really don't know. Um, it's this is the problem, eh? Because the the good ones tend to stick around, right? So it would be someone that comes out of a tree somewhere. Well, yeah. literally, literally, yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, it's interesting. So, um, all being well, I will be at SoFi Stadium for Chargers Bears this weekend. So I'm in town for work, uh, and it would be rude not to go. So just rock up by myself. So I might just take a bottle of whiskey to me and hit to the tailgate and see if I can make some friends and uh, go and sample what SoFi's all around. Well, it's, it's never worked for you before, but... It hasn't. Yeah, just take care of which part of LA you try to tailgate with a bottle of whiskey because we'll never <laughs> see you again. So, you know, we, we would like to have you sent back right. to us. All right, Paul, stop watching the news, especially the American news. Well, um, I'm not staying at the Cecil Hotel. That's the first thing that I definitely <laughs> didn't do. Um, it's okay. We've we've made the reservations for you. You'll yeah, be good. fine. You'll good, love good, it. Good, good, I've good, heard good. Uh, that band Skid Row are, are really good. Uh, yeah. Cameron, you should maybe go and pay pay their their kind of home street a visit. There's a lot of pop up shops around that area. I've heard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, right. Um. Let's turn to the nominations because, like I say, I, we were a bit late with it, a little bit of a shambles. There's not a huge amount. Um, Patrick Watson, he gives his to Al Michaels because he recently revealed in an interview that he's never eaten a vegetable in his life, which is actually incredible commitment to the cause. I don't know what the cause is, what he's fighting for, <laughs> but he's committed to it. Rickets and poor <laughs> vitamin vitamin intake. Is yeah, that the cause. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so there you go. I think do you know what? Fair play. He must, never... he must have a colon the size of a haggis. 
he did I, I saw the clip as well and he was like genuinely quite proud because the word he used was knowingly i have never knowingly eaten a vegetable like someone might slip me one in a chicken nugget yeah. <laughs> just like he acknowledged that it's likely he's eaten something that someone has sliced up a vegetable small enough that he didn't know it was there or maybe some kind of sauce on something but oh my god i just i can't That's... imagine what it's like going to the toilet no, no. it's like i can't imagine what it's like going to the toilet after him jesus christ <laughs> right um two nominations for bill belichick from callum ingles and sean black um callum says getting win number 300 in a game where even most patriots fans had written off the team's chances uh and sean says we've all ragged on them this season but let's give credit where credit's due his defensive gameplay largely stifled the bills Brackets, are they actually frauds? I'm not sure that they are, but there's questions to be asked. Uh, and they did more uh, than any point earlier uh, this season on offense. Getting to 300 wins is a great achievement. And before they nosedive again, let's celebrate his belter status for at least one more week. Lamar Jackson gets four nominations. Brian Dando, Doogie Kloss, Paddy Kelly, George Jackson, all putting him forward. Uh, Paddy says, looks like he's back to his usual self and has a solid shot of making the Ravens number one or number two seed in the AFC. A lot of hype about that Detroit side and he didn't let them get going at all. I tell you, um, the Ravens the Ravens won't be the one or two seed in the AFC. The, the second half of their schedule is brutal. The next, the next two weeks is the Cardinals this weekend away, then the Seahawks at home. Win both of those and get to seven and two. And you can afford to go three and five the rest of the way and still get 10 wins, which is fine. If they slip up one of these weeks, it is going to be a, a tense second half of the season. The schedule is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will read one more. Doogie says, it pains me to admit this, given how Gordon is going to be gloating this week. But this is the first time that Lamar has looked like a proper QB, rather than just running around with his hair on fire whenever the pocket collapses or the play goes wrong. Respect for standing up in the pocket, showing patience and dicing up the lines with his arm mostly rather than his legs. Honourable mention to his O-line for keeping him protected for the most part against a huge D-line. Uh, someone else gets four nominations. Miles Garrett, Reese, Ross Taylor, Kenny Law, Mark McCune all put forward. Uh, Kenny says, boys, a monster, nine tackles, two sacks, one pass breakup, a block field goal and two forced fumbles. Remarkable athlete. Uh, Ross Taylor says, has to be Garrett all day long. Not even a defensive player takes a team to victory almost single-handedly. Incredible performance. Uh, Miles Garrett really did keep the referees in that game, so fair play to him. I mean, for him, the referees don't have a chance to win it at the end. (laughs) Um, Stephen Bryson gives his to Tyson Bajant, coming from a Division II school in college to winning his first NFL start. While some would argue that the Raiders are barely an NFL team, it's still some achievement. I agree, Stephen. I think that you've summed it up beautifully there. Um, And then there's one nomination from Jason Hoffman. He gives it to Sean McDermott. It was a lovely, thoughtful gesture to gift Bill Belichick his 300th win on Sunday. I can't think of any other reason why the Bills were so fucking awful. (laughs) He also adds in his rant that he's still pissed off about his flag being taken off him at Tottenham. I've just I've just realized earlier that I've pointed to people in the media or people online talking about potential uh discontent between McDermott and Dorsey. So I'm guessing Jason's rant next week might be about me and this podcast talking ill of the bills. 
<laughs> I'm going to say as well, since Jason's lost his flag, the Bills have been shite all round. Like, do you know what? That flag quite held power. Finally beat the Giants, but only just. They really should have lost that one as well. Anyway, um, so, right, before I share any of the other rants, who's our belter of the week? Is it Lamar? Is it Miles Garrett? Is it anyone else? I think it's Miles Garrett. Uh, that yeah, was that was a ridiculous performance. It the, was. The, blo- the blocked field goal as well is one of those, like, so a blocked field goal sounds great, and then you actually see it on... See how he did film. it. He leaps over, blocks it. His, his, that and the two um, forced fumbles on sacks led to 13 points. Like, all joking aside about the officials handing them the game at the end, they're out of that game without yeah. Miles Garrett. Yes, totally agree. Okay, Paul, anything that you want to add to that? Are you happy? I'm happy. That was the play of the week for me. Yeah. Just that it was incredibly athletic. You don't see it every day. We've talked about great catches that we've seen a great quarterback play. We see that most weeks. That was outstanding. Right. So Miles Garrett is the belter team of the week, though. We need to very quickly run through that and pick it. Um, let's start, first of all, with our offensive line, because we were putting that forward. The Vikings has already been nominated through Ian Stephen. The, the Ravens also come into the conversation. Yeah, they were like they. Didn't, I don't think they run block particularly well in the game. Um, no, I, I, I think. You, yeah, you're looking at the Vikings. You look at Lamar at quarterback. I don't I say the line was was fine, but I think Lamar was the star there. Yeah, I think it's not often Cousins doesn't get sacked, and he wasn't sacked. So I find the Vikings line it is. Who's our quarterback though? I mean, obviously, Jackson has to be in that conversation. I think the only other person, the, the only other two are Mahomes and Cousins. Yeah. Uh, was Jackson not near enough perfect with his passer rating? 155.8. He was. I, if the shoe was on the other foot here, I'd be arguing for Mahomes, though. Because? No. The stat line was... The stat line's big, but that Chargers defense isn't great and has been giving up loads of points the Lions haven't been doing that the you Lions have, defense have been good you only have one shoe Gordon and you have to swap what foot you want to wear it on no what is it because I'm rocking back and forth no, no it's you said your shoe, shoe was in the other foot oh, okay, Ivory, you good. don't know you don't know how you don't know your left and right and how to put shoes on at the age of how old are you 22 18 <laughs> um, it, look it's 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 Lamar I'm making that call. Mm-hmm. It, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. In, in, in terms was brilliant. of in terms of um, performance in the face of not having much ability, Mac Jones going twenty five of thirty to beat the Bills that was that was pretty impressive. Yes, we, also, we actually haven't talked about the fact that Tyson Bagent tried his best, did a did a really good job, uh, did what the teacher asked him to do. Um, he did his. Three times tables showed up, threw for threw for thirty five yards. I thought maybe it should be Tyson Bajan. <laughs> he did what you're he lucky. Did we that. don't have a ball bag nomination, my goodness. <laughs> he had a ninety seven point two passer rating. Do you know wow. what he he was for a guy that played Division two football? He and playing for the Bears. Good on him. Good surely, on him. Div- surely Division two football is a higher level than playing for the Bears at the moment. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> right, it's Jackson. So, running back. They were, uh, all, is this... they were all pish. They were. Yeah. So, There's I'm going to say a good running back in the NFL this week. Dante Foreman. 
because of his sure. contribution sure. in the end zone. Like, yeah, the running backs pick, were rotten. Like, pick, pick one of the fifty, put them in the team, and let's move on because they're all shite this week. <laughs> Donna Foreman's in there because that's not going to happen often. Fine, tight end on National Tight End Day. It's got to be Kelsey. It does. Are we are we allowed to talk? Sorry, I should ask Paul this. Are we allowed to talk about Travis Kelsey? Does it verge veer too much into talking about Taylor Swift? No, I mean Travis Kelsey. To be fair, he is the only bloke in the whole of the NFL that's got a girlfriend. So I think it's fair that we should put him in the team. So At least I'm it, sure that that's how it happens. Is it actually official yet that they're dating? Is it actually official? Don't know. No, like this. We this, don't care. Don't Move on. It. it could be a contractual, right? Um, fine. So Kelsey's our tight end. We need three wide receivers. Pukanakua. Yep. AJ Brown. <laughs> Yep, it's very easy. Josh Downs. <laughs> I so I think I would take Addison over um, Downs okay. as the third one. Just as much as he had, so he had 123 yards, two touchdowns, but in particular for the one that he rips away because that's not a good throw by Kirk Cousins. That should have been an interception. Rips it away from Ward, I think it was. Yeah, and then races to the end zone. And the fact that he's doing it when he's now the the focal point of defense, like defense is looking at the Vikings offense. I think it's fair. I think it's fair. Right. Ian, Paul, anything to add there? No. Fine. There's our team of the week. It is Lamar Jackson at quarterback behind the Vikings offensive line. Donna Foreman is his running back. Pukunakua, AJ Brown, and Addison are his wide receivers with Travis Kelsey in as his tight end. (laughs) It's a decent team. All right. Still need to go back and look at some of the rants. Um, while I'm looking at them and reading them to see which ones are worth reading, does somebody want to help me pick the winners off our whiskey? So we need two winners this week. I'm going to say two numbers from somebody between 1 and 26. Number 24. Nine. 24. Yeah. And Ian? 19. 19. So congratulations to Doogie Kloss and George Jackson, who are the winners of the bottles of whiskey for this week. I was able to go back and get the nominations sorted out for last week. We won't bother reading through them, but we'll pick a winner for last week as well. So Gordon, you get the winner of that one. Number between 1 and 31, please. 31. 31. Andrew Neal. Congratulations to Andrew Neal. So there you go. You're all winning bottles of whiskey. Thanks to the great people at Loch Lomond Whiskey. A special smash bottle. We're delighted to be working with them again. And before this show's over, we will give an update on the Stramash Loch Lomond Pick'em as well. But we'll come to that. Rants. Reese. Yeah, it taken six weeks of trying you to get to say a name and between Paul and ignoring my rants and sick note hobsiding. I've given up. We need to do this Kai Fairbairn name. I is it, so no, is, it, I, is it the full name? Is he putting in... Because it's Kaimi Fairbairn is his name. Yes, it's his full name. Okay. I, I'll try it right now. So it's John Christian Kaimi Oi Loa Mecha Ikoa Ke Kumupa Vertacom is Kaimi Fairbairn. I think that's pretty close to it. <laughs> Paul... John Christian, Kimi Ola, Lomika, 
Aí que o acampa a Cami Fairbairn. Okay, good lord. I'm gonna, this is just going to be vowels. Uh, John, Christian, Kaimi, Nua. I love the fact that you really carefully said John and Christian because you really <laughs> said you were going to mess up. <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. John, Christian, Kaimi, Nua. Noah, Lukumia, Kaiko. Oh fucking hell. Kala Lumpa. No, I can't do that. That's not my that's not in my wheelhouse. I would ask Ian, but I'm scared of the answer, so we're not gonna do that. Right. Uh we'll I like, move I like, on. I like the fact that his mum his mum and dad are called John and Rochelle. <laughs> <laughs> it's it pro- it's probably one of those names as well that has like a really like important meaning or something like that. Yeah. Probably means unpronounceable. Oh, it is. It is. It's so in Hawaiian, his name means seeker of wisdom. The meaning of your name is your life. Okay. It's actually pretty cool. It'd be good to get someone to actually well, say first... properly. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry. The second yeah, part he's... of that was a quote from him. So <laughs> the name means seeker of wisdom. <laughs> and then right. he said, the meaning of your name is your life. Hawaiians have a long ancestry. It's really meaningful for me to go by my Hawaiian name. So, Secret of Wisdom. If he's known as Secret of Wisdom, that means he doesn't actually have wisdom at the moment, which means he could be below average intelligence. So, it's not a very good name. Hello, my my name is Idiot, but I'm looking to get better. But he's always going to be looking for wisdom. So, even when he's smart, he's going to keep looking to get smarter. That's that's smart, though. That is it's clever. Smart. Yeah, okay, that, that is very clever. And if he's seeking wisdom, he's not listening to this. So, we're all fine. Um, Stephen Bryson, his rant is it me or is the Sean Watson the NFL equivalent of Taylor Gooch, the live golfer? Makes the most money in sport, but spectators kind of ignore the fact that they're playing. Only difference is that Taylor wins occasionally and doesn't pull sickies. I think <laughs> are you going to allow the word Gooch to go to air? <laughs> um. Gooch is allowed, but if I mention redacted gambling company here, it gets cut out. Yeah, and if if uh, the listeners all agree to donate five pounds to uh, a charity of our choice, um, you can listen to the audio of Gordon explaining to Paul what a Gooch actually is. <laughs> uh, I want that video. I'd pay a tenner to see it in video. You want, um, but you want, wait, you want a video of my Gooch? Is that what you <laughs> said? No, I want, I want a video of you so, explaining to Paul what it is. No, no, no. I thought it was a, t- I, I thought it was a Taylor Swift album. It's not a Taylor Swift album, then, is it? It might be the next one. It might be. <laughs> uh, National Tight End Day. What a lot of garbage. Can we never talk of it again, says Mark McEwen. Here, here. Why? What's wrong with it? I don't mind it. Uh, Carmine goes, horror officials in the Colts-Browns, a 7-foot-7 wide receiver, wouldn't have gotten near that ball. A potential Game of the Year candidate spoiled by the Zebras. Sean has has said, the Chargers are seriously damaging my willpower to support them by being the most infuriating team in the league. Question for the guys, will Staley be the first coach fired? Could he go if they lose to the Bears on Sunday Night Football? Hmm, it's okay. So we were just chatting about it, but there's a bit more of a particular. Too early. Do they do? Is it too early? Yes, I suppose. What do you gain from McDaniel's? That no, McDaniel's will go before Staley. Kellen Moore is a problem as well, right? Like, well, the interesting thing would be if you get. Do you want? If you do decide to get get rid of Staley, do you want a few games of Kellen Moore to see if he's capable? But 
surely if you're getting rid of Staley, you're cleaning house. So not a rant, says Patrick Watson, but was watching the VAR program on Sky with Crawford Allen, explaining how it all works, although for a second I thought I was watching Paul. What are the pod's thoughts on the resemblance between Paul and Crawford Allen? I'm going to need to Google Crawford yeah. Allen. Give me a second. I think um, that's harsh. On who? On me, obviously. I mean, good grief. <laughs> I, can, I can see it. Yeah, I think there's a... Put, uh, it, put it this way. There's a closer resemblance between you and Crawford Allen than there is between you and bloody Tom Cruise. No, no, now you're just taking the piss. So, no, me and Tom Cruise, that's fine. You leave my so body I feel like in certain lights, the I'm, I'm showing a picture here uh, to the guys on my screen. Go, go, Cameron, go up one and to the right. He's he's making the same kind of gestures that Paul Paul makes at his kind of rallies that he attends. <laughs> this does not make for good listening, gentlemen. I no, it doesn't. It doesn't. So what you'll have to do, people, if you're if you're listening to this at the moment, just Google image Crawford Allen and add um, this add this to next week's form as well. Yes or no? Does Paul look like Crawford Allen? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I love that this form is growing over the season. Um, but anyway. I, I would say that there's some it's not so clear, but I think that the one that I've clicked on here once again definitely could be a brother, um, Mr. Mitchell. Definitely could be a brother. Right. Brother Mitchell. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, dear. Can right. I just say, you're supposed to take the piss out of me when I'm not on the pod. We're I know. It's, it's taken out of Patterson tonight, by the way. It's, it's true. He's got off far too lightly. We need to correct it. Right. Um... So, yes, um, Doogie Kloss wants to follow up on something. After what happened to my Giants last week, I was expecting an improvement and officiating this week. But again, the officials are ruining games with idiotic and or just plain wrong calls. There have been rumblings about making officials professional. And given how badly they're doing, I'm not sure it would necessarily be a bad thing. Also, to follow up on what Gordon said last week, I ran at the ESPN Pick'em for not saving my picks on Thursday so that I missed a point for the Jags, thus allowing everyone else to catch up with me in the leagues. That sounds like Doogie Kloss is at the top of our Pick'em. So while you discuss his first point, which is around the officiating across the league, should they be made full-time? Um, I will so, get the latest on that. Yes, they probably should be made full-time so that you can properly spend additional time training, all that stuff. What I will say, though, is the thing I hate is anytime there's a bad call and I go onto Twitter and what you see is people saying that officials should be fined or they should be suspended for bad calls. An official making a bad call is very, very similar to your favourite quarterback throwing it directly in the hands of a defensive back and him returning it for a touchdown. Mistakes happen. The officials are not deliberately screwing you up Yes, their their mistakes are deemed less acceptable for some reason. They're showing up to do their job as well, the same way we all make mistakes at our work, the same way NFL players make mistakes at their work. Suspending or fining them is stupid. I know that's not what was asked. I'm just doing my own rant on that. But yes, make them full-time, <laughs> train them, and you know, demote and promote based on that. Absolutely. Gordon, can I ask is do pro football focus or as as I like to call them <laughs> do they rate referees the same way as they do quarterbacks or other players? Uh no, but we do track who the official is in every game. So you can like look at stuff that says you could probably look because so we don't try and re referee games. 
but, but you're not will. you're not re-referring the game. You're just evaluating the official. Yeah, no, no. But what I mean is, like, we don't. So, a holding penalty, for example, if it's like a ticky tack call, we would still downgrade the offensive lineman because we view it as we shouldn't try and re-referee stuff. Um, if it's something that's a completely egregious call, we wouldn't downgrade the player. So you could probably look at that way and try and find some of the most egregious officials. You could do, but it's it's all about interpretation. And if the official interprets it in such a way that it's a foul, then you actually can't really argue with it. You might call it ticky-tacky, but there's usually something in it. Very rarely do they just make a completely and utterly bizarre call. For there for, are... for context, because it is really important that people understand this, Paul once sent sent someone gave someone a yellow card in rugby because they laughed at someone else getting a yellow card. Just, yeah, and I'm that, just that's, saying, that's but, quite right. But that is quite a, that's the right thing to do. Um, and the coach thanked me for. Paul was Paul wasn't even the referee. He just ran on from the sideline. <laughs> I'm not having this. I think <laughs> what you've got to what you've got to distinguish between. And I think Gordon's point is fine. Is these are the best officials that that American football has. There's no two ways about that. You want to make them better, yes, pay them a decent salary, let them train more, let them work more in game situations, um, you know, let them do their two-minute drills. They will get better. But I tell you what, they'll still make mistakes. Remember, VAR was brought into British football and that was supposed to be the end of any debate. It's caused carnage. More Nothing debate. is going to... More yeah, debate. It's never, you're never going to referee perfectly. If you go with a baseball analogy, they're thinking of replacing the umpires uh, calling balls and strikes with a with an automated strike zone. These guys get it right 97 to 98% of the time. They're human. They are going to make mistakes. That's what happens. Um, and as I say, the, these, the Zebras, yeah, they make bad mistakes. I mean, the overthrow w- w- was classic in the Colts game. I still stand by the guy shouldn't have pulled his arms. It was stupid. I, I but- also, I, I think you're right, by the way, because so I think what's happened there is they've looked at that and they've gone, oh, he's pulled his arm. That's it. It's a flag. He's pulled his arm. That's it. We're throwing the flag on that. And they then forgot about the other part, which is like, oh, it wasn't catchable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, as I say, I don't think they don't make mistakes for the hell of it. They, they're trying to do their best. It's very rarely do you think that somebody screws you completely. Um, and I've been as well done what I think is some of the officials in some of the playoff games. That's fine. I think it's ineptitude rather than than badness, put it that Um So that, let's just give an update on where we are with the Loch Lomond uh, Shamash podcast Pick'em. Uh, and sure of uh, Doogie Kloss is at the top, tied with two others on uh, a 71 win. 71 correct. We'll not focus on the, the losses because there's different amounts. And, um, but yeah, 71, three people with that. There's two people on 70, a bunch of people on 69, uh, nice. more on 68, 67, so on and so on. I'm currently sitting on 62 and sitting 70th. I will browse through this to see can tell you I am on 58. You're on 58. So, yeah, I'm on page three. Just wondering how far we have to... Oh, Mitchell's catching me up. He's uh, on 60. So he's on page four. And if you're on 58... So you two are on page four and I'm on page three. There you go. But, um, yeah, let's give a shout out to the three teams at the top, which is Pearson, Steelers, Legion of AJ Brune, and oh, Daniel Jones... Name. 
Good yeah, name. and Daniel Jones's locker. Also good name. All sitting at the top. In fact, let's give a shout out to the two others. We've got Dylan Panthers and Philadelphia Legends are the two on 70. So keep it going. Keep those picks coming. Uh, great prize. Pick King of Scotland. Let's very quickly, very quickly browse over week eight. There is some interesting ties. Bucks, Bills is interesting just because the Bills are obviously not been playing that well. The Bucks are capable, but they've not really played well the last couple of weeks. Thursday night football, anything can happen. Um, we'll skip Texans, Panthers, um, Rams, Cowboys, possibly interesting. Don't know. Vikings, Packers, interesting very, for the purposes very, of this very podcast. I think that's very interesting, though, because if the it, the Vikings right now are right back in the thick of the playoff hunt, if the Packers win that and get to three and four, they're back in it. If they lose that, all of a sudden the Vikings look a lot more comfortable and the Packers look pretty much done. Yeah. A season-leveling game between the Saints and the Colts. Someone's going to go 500. Uh, two, three, and four teams coming head-to-head. An interesting tie there. Still really want to go to a Colts game because of that stadium. I don't know why. It just looked great as well. The shadows cast as they had the roof open against the Browns. It just looked... I just think it looks lovely. The Patriots are at the Dolphins. Was that a flash in the pan against the Bills? Can they do it against Miami? They've struggled a lot in Miami. Then we've got the New York Derby. Uh, Jags? Steelers is really interesting to see if the Jags can continue to perform against the Steelers defense that can be disruptive. I I really, really hope they can. But the Steelers are <laughs> the Steelers are doing exactly what we all knew they would do. And it's they don't have the most talent on offense. Kenny Pickett is getting better as the, as the season's gone on. But Mike Tomlin coach football teams are just good and it's really, really fucking annoying. But they're just they're always going to be there or thereabouts. Falcons, Titans, is eh, a fire sale probably in Tennessee. Eagles, Commanders should be a bit of a one-way street, you would imagine. Interesting to see what the Commanders can do. We, the, imagine, we imagined that last week with the Bills and the Patriots, so division true. games, so you can never take it for, for granted. Absolutely true. Uh, the This week's How the Fuck game is the Browns-Seahawks, because how the fuck are these two teams both 4-2? and two? But they are, so... Um, one of them won't be. One of these teams is going to be five and two. It's wild. The Ravens should have an easy one against the Cardinals in the desert. That, that screams trap game, though. No, it's not against the Cardinals. No, you surely come off, you come off London. You come off the emotional high of the win against the Lions. You have to travel across the country at Hollywood Brown revenge game. Probably not, Ooh. but um, yeah, the Chiefs Broncos. <laughs> Probably one-way street. The Bengals-Niners is a really good game. Probably game of the weekend. It's the only decent late game. What yeah. is it's the only decent late game, camera. What is the... Brown Seahawks. It's decent because of the records. I'm not necessarily because of the teams, but they're both 4-2. and two. They're both 4-2. and two. It's mental. No, anyway. no, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just looking ahead. So what is the... This, this 49ers are almost six-point favourites against the Bengals. That's, Which is surprising, yeah. That's mental. That's fine. Um, but we also, we should remind everyone, so that everyone is aware, this week, the early games kick off at five. Yeah. The late games kick off at the back of eight, which is lovely. That's I, This is this is a great time for games when the games are ending at like half 11 at night. 
that wee extra 30, 40 minutes that you get to get to your bed a wee bit earlier. Your Monday's less brutal. It just is less brutal. You get an extra hour sleep the night before as well. And however, then your Monday's... However, what absolutely does you, though, is on Monday, you stay up a wee bit too late and all of a sudden Monday night football's starting and you go, oh, I might want to watch this. But then it turns <laughs> out then it turns out it's the Raiders that are playing a Monday night football, so you just decide to go to your bed. <laughs> Brian Hoyer against the Lions. Go on, set up and watch it. Um, and the Bears Chargers that I will hopefully be at. Um, and I know I'll get some abuse of like, why are you not going up to San Francisco and seeing your Niners? It's a very valid point. But because of the time that I'm getting in, um, it's also LA to San Francisco is not that close. Like it's it's a trek. Yeah, yeah but if you I'd... if you're a true fan, you would do it. But obviously, it's too much bother for you to go. I... So you just take the easy option. That's fine. Don't don't you worry about it. No, no, no one... judge. Well, we will judge you. We oh, will no judge one's you. no one's asked him. Like, have any of us said, why aren't you going to San Francisco? No. So no, no. one else has asked him. He no. just, he, one, he just wants to remind us all that he's LA. going to LA and he's <laughs> going to go to a game when he's in LA. You know, you, you, <laughs> might, you might be wondering why I'm not going up to San Francisco. I'm really not. Um, I'm going to try and get photos of me on social media of me looking elated and then crying and then people can accuse me of being a fraud actor that's actually not a real Chargers fan um, uh, and, and, and actually it turned it turned out that person actually was a she was and I think that I I would love to be her I want to if I take a bottle of whiskey she is going to get a net <laughs> Let, 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 let's put on the form Cameron meets her with a bottle of whiskey how do you think it ends you know, in a hundred words or less, and we'll read out the best ones next week on the on the podcast. Cameron won't know because he'll be in jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yes. Fine. Right. Um. Anything else that we need to add? This is headline season, so let's yeah, do a let's very quick Twitter check. search. But yeah, no, I, th- I think it's only fair we let the people who listen to our podcast know that you're going to be away next week, and that you're going to a game in Los Angeles because I think we've sort of brushed over it. A little we bit have. too much, so yeah, we yeah. have we have a bit. Um, so I might not be on the pod, so I apologise, folks. The standard of uh, language will be better, the energy will be lower, but it's probably a better listen. Let's be honest. Uh, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time because I'm out there for a little while. Um, Zach Ertz is going on to IR. That happened earlier. Brett Maher is released has been released Um, jake jake moody should be getting released imagine spending a third round pick on a kicker who looks that bad yeah well it didn't look bad but now does didn't look confidence look he did not look worth a third round pick at michigan i tell you that much no 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 definitely not definitely not um but anyway that's fine so Okay, full-time whistle. Thanks for listening, as ever. Uh, I've got a lot of editing to do on this one, so (laughs) God knows when it's going to come out. But thanks for listening. Share your thoughts on social media and complete our extra long form for next week's episode. Yeah, we look forward to it. We wish Cameron well on his travels, but for Gordon, for Ian, Cameron, and myself, thanks for listening. Bye for now. (laughs)